And welcome, everybody. Hello, hello. Hi, Doug. Hello there. And another overcast day. An overcast day, but not overcasting our moods. Oh, gosh, no. Oh, heck no. No. Anyway, this is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and, of course, my wonderful co-host, Mr. Doug Johnston. And it's always fun to be here. Thank you. Thank you. And so today on the show, we have a very special guest, Mr. Ray Grassy. He's going to be on to talk about the Pluto-Saturn conjunction coming up in 2020, but also some stuff that's coming up just in about a month or so. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And then also about how uh, Mr. Trump's transits are manifesting for the next several months, too. He's written an article about that, which are going, is going to be in the Mountain Astrologer magazine, I do believe. So we're going to be talking to him. There's so much to talk about with him. He's so knowledgeable, and we're really excited to have him here. And then we're going to be doing the Astro Celebrity of the Week, which is Ms. Miley Cyrus. And Miley Cyrus has got a lot of stuff going on with her right now, a lot of uh, problems, I would say. And so we're going to be talking about her and uh, her chart and what's going on with that. So you got anything to say, uh, Doug? Um, no, I'll wait for the big show. <laughs> You'll just go to sleep. I'll wake you up here in a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <be> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so and we have all of our usual stuff besides our blurbs and all that kind of stuff. And so we're going to be talking and talking astrology today. It's going to be lots of fun. So we're going to take a break right now. And when we get back, we're going to do the Astro Celebrity of the Week. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Don't let that herd mentality lead you off a cliff. We support thinking for yourself on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And right now is time for the Astro Celebrity of the Week. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Almost forgot the music, but we got it. So anyway, uh, we're going to right now also bring on our wonderful guest, Mr. Ray Grassy, to the show. Hello, Ray. Hi there. How Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And so I thought we'd bring you on to talk a little bit about uh, Miley Cyrus because it was your suggestion that we take her. So it's a very interesting chart, to say the least. So would you like to start off with some opinions on her? Yeah, first of all, um, she was born at a very interesting time. I have to say a few words about her birth chart, just a few. Okay. Uh, the early 90s uh, saw this very important astrological pattern, Uranus conjunct and Neptune, right. which hadn't happened since the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. And you have a very interesting crop of kids that, um, now young adults, that were born with personal planets connected to that pattern, like Justin Bieber in 94, right, and Osiris in 92, I think it was. Okay. And her Venus is uh, aligned with those two planets in Capricorn, and 
that happens to be an, an area. Well, first of all, that indicates that when when people, when creative individuals are born with personal planets related to these outer planets sort of patterns, it shows they're kind of plugged into. They have their finger on the pulse of you a larger kind of global or generational sort of um, Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so now it's being hit very hard, both in her chart and I think um, uh, Justin Bieber's chart. I haven't done as much work with his, where it's it's because it's Venus that's involved that's affecting her love life, obviously, her marriage right. and all this. Right. So she's a good example of how some people's lives are being affected by these pretty intense planets that are happening right now. Not everybody is is being affected by them, but uh, if you have personal planets in those particular degrees, you're definitely going to feel it, for oh, better or worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And let me just give out her birth information for those people out there that are doing charts along with us. Her no, her birthday is November 23rd, 1992, and she was born at 4.19 p.m. in Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, I find that the first thing, I always, when I'm running out of chart, I never try to have expectations until I see it. But uh, the first thing I noticed was this whopper of a trio in the sixth house, you know, and I have to wonder, you know, I was looking through her bio information to see if there was anything that happened around her birth. I believe she was born out of wedlock. I guess that's the way you'd put it. And also there was one other thing. Do you remember what it was, Doug? It was something else that was... um, Oh, she has this um, condition. It's a heart condition. That's right. Yeah, she has a heart condition. And so so she was given... She beats a different drum. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Doug. (laughs) Okay, her heart goes fast. Yes, her heart, it accelerates when she's sitting down. When she's at rest, it accelerates type of thing. So um, anyway, I noticed that too. But what did you think of that trio, um, Ray? Well, you know, what's, what strikes me about that is you see this strong emphasis on uh, Sagittarius and Scorpio. The sun is in Sag. Right. The the moon, Mercury, Pluto is in Scorpio. And right. over the years, I've noticed an unusual number of celebrities where there is this strong sex appeal sort of quality when you have that uh, double emphasis, Sagittarius and Scorpio. I think, like Tina Turner is an example. Right. Um, I think she was a Sag with planets and Scorpio, and then you've got Jim Morrison of The Doors, oh, a Sag yeah. with planets and Scorpio, and she has that too. And I think that reflects maybe that freedom-loving quality of Sag combined with the sensuality of right. Scorpio. But I've seen that time and again over the years with celebrities. Oh, sure, that makes perfect sense. And you know, she has been fairly active. And kind of, I guess, revolutionary as far as her approach to sexuality goes. And um, she's actually rides on both sides of the street, from what I hear, (laughs) and all that other good stuff. But, you know, that's kind of, that's her own personal preference. But she's she's definitely exploring her sexuality quite a bit right now, seems like. So, yeah. 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 Definitely. I mean, to me, and the sixth house... (laughs) You know, she did do some porn films, you know. I don't know if you knew that, but she did. Oh, and, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, well, anyway. So, um, I mean, you could say that she's doing it for work, but well, I, don't know, I don't know. The Mars but, trying all that's going to make it where it doesn't bother her at all. That's true. 
it's just it's just another job. Yeah. And <laughs> and we did notice, I'm sure you already looked at this cuz I know you look at stationary planets as much as I do, that her Mars was about to go retrograde 3 4 days later after she was born. Yeah, that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty darn important. Yeah. Well, and the Mars is off the charts in this chart so to speak. Yes, in yep. terms of the aspects to the the trines to those planets and then you've got the Mars station point. Right. Um, that's really interesting. That just shows a there's a lot of gutsiness. I think there's a lot of courage with that. It could be impulsive, obviously, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, you know, it's like I keep coming back to this, but with a stationary planet, it's like sometimes throw the rest of the chart out and just look at that planet. You know, it really does feel that way sometimes. And, and then you look back at a person's life to see where the Mars archetype seems to be playing out. And it's playing out almost everywhere in her life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Well, another thing, too, is that Saturn, I, I place you know, a lot of emphasis, too, on the highest planet in the chart, and she's got that Saturn at the top. Right. Which is, in, in, in most people's cases, that's a good news, bad news situation in terms of how they experience it. So it can be her, her prominent father and the ambition, but it also shows that she's coming in for a lot of flack in terms of criticism for various things. Okay, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, in Aquarius, there's there's always good and bad with any of these things. It's not uh, black or white. But right. But that's very prominent when you see a planet near the midheaven like that. Right, exactly. You know, of course, his, her father is Billy Ray Cyrus, the, yeah. the singer, and and um, and she was born into an artistic family, so that would make sense. Okay, so that's cool. Anything else we want to talk about? Oh, Taurus Rising would also be a part of that, too, wouldn't it? They yeah, if the birth time is accurate, yeah. uh, because it's right on the cusp there near the end of Taurus, um, you know, I think that you almost see it in her appearance. Oh, yeah. And I don't mean that as a good or a bad thing. I just mean there's a certain quality, a certain, I'm not sure of the right words yeah. to, to explain that, but it, <laughs> she strikes me as being like a Taurus rising in some ways. Well, I mean, she's very concerned how she looks physically, and she does yeah. seem to wear the most you know, the sensuality part of it. She seems to wear those clothes more than anything else, you know, yeah. so, so that yeah. would make sense. Yeah. So any other observations you have there, uh, Doug? Yeah, I'm still focused on this stationary tour or <laughs> Mars and where it's heading. Yeah. And I see how strong that plays out. Yeah, it really does. And also uh, because she's very much of an activist, and she talks about various things that she has causes with. So well, she's very vocal. The interesting part is that is when Saturn actually does flip later down the road in the new year into Aquarius and she starts her Saturn return. How is she going to make herself over? Oh, good question. What do you think about that, Ray? You know, because you know, we have to we have to pull that in, obviously, because that can be a huge dynamic change in her life. Although it may be something that just grows into, and she becomes more solid, solidly placed in her field. I know well, you know the Saturn return at the top of the chart. That's on the one hand, I think that's going to be a positive in terms of her trying to be more respectable and maybe more serious roles in films or whatever it might be, and maybe awards. I mean, on the on the downside. Anytime you have Saturn at the top of the chart on the angle like that, it tends to be a good news, bad news sort of outcome. Right. Yep. So I think there could be, you know, or just about what she's going through now, for example, oh, yes. with 
with yeah. Saturn crossing over her Venus, Uranus, Neptune. Right, right. In some ways, this is a great period for her. In other ways, it's a horrendous period for oh, her. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Sure. Uh, and I think the same holds true for that Saturn return. Fortunately, it's in a trine to the Jupiter, and there's no really um, hard aspects to it, but uh, still Saturn is still Saturn. Yeah. I feel that it, I I agree with you. I think that it's probably going to be where she directs herself more into serious roles mm-hmm. as far as acting, because she is a good actor when yes. she was younger. She did good plays. Well, she as far said as that at a very young to her father, she doesn't want to be an actress. I don't know if she ever said anything about being a singer, but that no. that was that sort of on the peripheral part of her yep. awareness. Well, she started out acting, yeah. and then she ended up in that Hannah Montana thing, which brought in the singing. Yeah, right. So, so I, you know, I know about her um, her transits with Saturn and Pluto opposing all those, the Uranus, Neptune, and, and Venus. You know, her relationship breaking up, obviously. I guess she just filed for divorce. Is that true? He did. He yeah. did. Yesterday? It's actually conjunct. I think he said opposing. Oh, oh con- sorry, Venus. conjunct. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah, thank yeah. You for the correction. Yeah, at the conjunction, and um, and also her house burned down during the fires last year in in I California. Didn't know that. Yeah, she lost her house, you know, and uh, so she's had a lot of trauma hit her right about now, mm-hmm. and and so this uh, I think Saturn return will probably actually help her solidify her own inner I, strength. I wonder if she lost one pig in that fire <laughs> because you know they <laughs> talked about that she had two pigs and then all of a sudden it changes as eighteen to. One. Yeah, yeah. At least we we know that it's nine nine dogs and and one pig and one cat. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's the fi- that's the sixth house stuff, obviously. But you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> she's got these pictures of all these dogs that kind of look like border collies type of things, and um, and you know, so that's perfect. And... That's perfect for her. I said, Did you say, did she, so she lost a pet or more in the fire? I, or? Well, there's talk as far as how she was so proud of uh, her husband saving her animals. Okay. But then one pig just kind of disappeared from 17 uh, to 18. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. that's, that's too bad. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Makes total sense. Anyway, we got to take a break here right now. When we get back, we're going to get into our subject matter day, which is the Saturn Pluto business. And so, anyway, this is the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Hi there. This is a live read for Angela Probst, excuse me, aromatherapist. At this point, you've probably heard all about essential oils. You've heard enough about it. You, are you confused? Are you overwhelmed? Not sure where to start? There's so much information, and our aromatherapy expert, Angela Probst, with Young Living Essential Oils, can help you navigate and meet your health and wellness goals. And now, of course, she they carry CBD oil. She was here a few weeks ago and was talking about that and loved that, that stuff she put on your skin. It was nice. Anyway... If you, CBD cream. CBD cream. Thank you. Could never think of the name of it. And it's just cream. Okay. And so if you want more information or you want to talk to Angela, give her a call today at 253-278-1599 or visit her website at www.myyl.com slash Angela. Alternative mm-hmm. Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. And welcome back 
to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And I'm Eileen Grimes. We have with us Doug Johnston, my co-host. It's always fun to be here. It is. It is fun to be here a second time. Yeah. Yes. And then our today our guest, which is Mr. Ray Grassy, and he's going to be talking to us now about Saturn and Pluto coming up next year. And they're just coming up to conjoin each other, I think, at some point around 21 degrees Capricorn, approximately. 22, I believe. Yeah, in yeah. 22. Yeah. 22, January. okay. And, of course, you mentioned to me on the phone that because the stationary periods are coming up here next month, I believe Saturn is first, then Pluto is next. And so tell me how, you know, and also we're going to relate to this to Donald Trump because, quite frankly, he's got a lot of stuff right around those degree points. So we're going to look at that. So... Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the Saturn-Pluto um, coming up. Do you think it's going to be sort of like a shot across the bow? It's going to show us kind of what's going to be happening? If you, you're talking about the, uh, the September yes. energies? Yes, yeah. yes. It's, uh, it's kind of a sneak preview. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the nice things about astrology is that you can get advanced hits of these energies to give you a kind of a sneak preview of what's going to happen later, for better or worse. right. And so September is an unusually active period, especially, I would say, from maybe if you're really targeted, we're talking about the 15th of September up to maybe uh, October 7th. Right. It's followed by the Pluto station points. Okay. And station points are when you, well, first I should maybe say a few words about what the Saturn, Pluto, and Capricorn mean. Yes. Because it's kind of a heavy energy. It comes around every few decades. The last time it triggered. Uh, the last time those two planets were conjunct was the early 80s. Previous was 1947 or so. And when they move into squares or oppositions, like around 9-11, there was an opposition between Saturn and Pluto. Oh, yes. Every time these planets come around, it tends to be a bit of a heavy energy, unlike, let's say, Uranus-Pluto, like we had in the 60s, which is more free, loving, sort of liberal, wild and crazy energies. Uh, Saturn-Pluto is more constrictive, more contractive. Mm-hmm. A little more heavy-handed, you know. It's more associated with kind of a totalitarian, autocratic quality. Uh, I, I noticed something interesting when I was looking at the Saturn-Pluto opposition back in 1931. Oh. I found out that the movie Dracula came out exactly under the one of the, the first Saturn-Pluto opposition, and the movie Frankenstein in 31 came out under I think the last Saturn-Pluto opposition. That's so, really and, heavy. And like in 19. 19- well, in, 19, in 2001, you had the movie Lord, uh, Lord of the Rings. The, 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 um, the, the three films started out right under the Saturn-Pluto opposition. Wow. Now, so this energy can be channeled in a negative way or a positive way. You know, why is it some people thrive under difficult energies? They do their most successful work, and other people are crushed by the difficult energy. Right. You yeah. know, there's, it's not like there's some sort of heavy hand of fate that will necessarily... Uh, dictate a certain outcome, and I think that this energy could possibly, for some people, be a very ambitious, very sort of constructive period, mm-hmm. depending on what you do with it. You know, a lot okay. of brilliant people are born under Saturn-Pluto, which I think is a testament to the potentials of the energy, like Orson Welles, James Taylor, Walt Whitman, Stephen King, Alan Watts, and so on. Oh, wow. So the energy, the energy itself isn't inherently good or bad. Mm-hmm. It, it does tend to be on the heavy side. That's not a value judgment. Right. Uh, it's, it tends to be a little bit darker. Yeah. But uh, it can be, because, especially because it's in Capricorn. Right. It can be directed in a constructive way. Planetary patterns that happen in Capricorn have more of a 
personally, I think they have more of a potential for being applied in constructive ways, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to let's say, well, I, won't, I don't want to put down other signs, but I'm saying this energy, like why is it that you see some cancers like Marianne Williamson, uh, who's a, she's a cancer, yes, and so and so she's got the Saturn Pluto hitting her chart very strongly right, right. now, right. and she's been now whether you like her or not as a political candidate is secondary, but it, in terms of she took it to try to rise into the political arena and stir some conversation up that way, and uh, so some cancers are thriving under this, and some signs are affected I think a bit more than others, like cancers, Libras, the cardinal signs, cancers, Libras, Aries, and. Uh, uh, Capricorn. Uh, Capricorn, right? You know, so what we have coming up uh, in September, the Saturn and the Pluto station points at the double station point within, you know, roughly two weeks of each other. Right. That is kind of an early hit of this energy, which even though the Saturn and Pluto conjunction doesn't happen till January, the second week of January, right, 2020, mm-hmm. we're going to get like a sneak preview of this energy in right. the next four or five weeks, and it's very important to watch what sort of things happen for you, for better or worse. Yes, and you know, I just was getting something here. Sometimes stuff comes at me when I least expect it. If Saturn-Pluto stationary, it's like it's like taking something in, putting it into the sand, and say, we are marking this time because it's going to come back. You know, it's going to be like a huge jolt to us because it's not necessarily going to stay around that long under right at this point, but when Saturn Pluto comes back again in, in the new year, it's going you're gonna reflect back to this time thinking, man, that's what was that's what was being set up, you know, yeah. to have happen. Yeah. yeah. So it it's like a like you use that term branding iron, which is terrific when it comes to stationary planets. That's you're basically gonna write it in the sand or write it in something. And say this is what we're going to be doing for the yeah. next couple of years. So, and we had it already. We already had an early sneak preview in late April, early May, mm-hmm. uh, because the Saturn Pluto station points also joined up then too. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe people don't remember exactly what happened to them, but I'm uh, trying to remember. Cardinal sign possibilities are you will. Yeah, because uh, it it could have been like you know make or break sort of energy, and this is I think a little closer to the mark, so I think this might be a little more prominent. Yeah, I do too. It's like the you know the first one would have been okay. Here's the first shot across the bow. Second shot across the bow says you better be paying attention, because this is what's coming up in the new year. If you're not going to catch it with your pants down, sort of. <laughs> so to speak. I hate so that. So to speak. <laughs> Use my vernacular, but what the heck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, that makes total sense. So what kind of issues do you see with Saturn and Pluto when you look, you know, you're talking about governmental structures, obviously, that's on the surface. Hmm? And banking. And banking. Which is really in the news right now. Yeah, anything that's, you know, that's in our socioeconomic area, you know, as far as, um, it's a bit of a roller coaster ride with socioeconomic issues. It's up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, you do tend to see downturns more than upturns with Saturn Pluto. But why is it some people became very wealthy during the Depression, for example? Right, right. Not, it's it's not across the board. You know, some people became very rich in the early '80s. There was a recession mm-hmm. uh, coinciding with the Saturn Pluto. Yet that also signaled the time. You know, the greed is good sort of ethos right. in the '80s. Right. It was a time when some people became fabulously wealthy, you know. So it, it's just, I guess you could say it's an extremistic sort of 
It's right. like the, it, I think it does maybe amplify the income inequality sort of thing of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, I, I think it's going to be important to watch the stock market and the general economy in late um, September to see which way that goes, because that will, too, be, a, I think, a sneak preview of what might happen under the Saturn-Pluto next year. Right. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and politically, I do think that this is responsible for why we see over the last year, because this has been building up really since Saturn moved into Capricorn and started joining forces with Pluto. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing more autocratic, sort of strongman governments around the world. Right, definitely. This sense of a somewhat dictatorial quality around the world. And mm-hmm. um, that's a very interesting development, but, you know, how, where we're going to, where that's going to go, I, I can't say. Who, who knows? But it's, I think what the cool thing about planetary trance is it brings up stuff that is laying low on the floor somewhere, and it brings it up to our eyeballs so we can see it, you know. And and I think I, I'm always one that's always looking out for trends, trends in the sense that trends that link everything else. If you see happen in one at part of the part of the world or in a different area of life, it's going to take place. In a whole, it's going to trickle down. So and especially with the Saturn Saturn Pluto business. So, um, I mean, the, the issues of power, obviously, with Pluto, yeah. and then also the governing body of, of the country, who is obviously, we know who that is, and then you add the Pluto to it, you're starting to see those qualities showing up in his personality. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's... Let's it, go back to November. Okay. Because you got Mars going into a square with Pluto at that time. Yeah. And I think that's going to make this election kind of a wild one. Now, this is Mar- when is this happening? Mars square Pluto? November 5th. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's about a year away from the yeah, election. Yeah, that's a major. Mars mm-hmm. comes along and is often a very major trigger for these outer planet aspects that happened in 2001. Yeah. At right. the end of 2001, Mars formed a T square to the Uranus Pluto, and that was the week that you had this uh, shoe bomber. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, Richard Reed on the airplane. You know, it's it's so the early November. That's going to be really interesting and somewhat volatile around the time of the election. Yeah, I think so too. Mars Pluto always just heats things up to the point where you can't stand it. That's right. Yeah, and um, believe me, I know I have it natally <laughs> in my chart. So uh-huh. Mars and Scorpio square Pluto. Lucky me. So <laughs> I mean, I do tend to when I see it coming, I I go oh. <clears throat> This is this is this is developing under the surface, and it's moving well, toward. The, go ahead. The, the Saturn Pluto has a, another phrase that you might think of as power struggle, and oh. I think that and the Mars is certainly going to trigger that. This sense of a struggle for power and what you see right now in England with Boris Johnson, right, which is just inflaming a lot of citizens and right. politicians in yeah. terms of this this kind of. Yeah, so this Mars, this Mars is coming into a trine with the Saturn Pluto, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so Mars, it seems to trickle down, doesn't it? Mars, you know, Pluto, then um, Saturn, and then boom, Mars is connected to it. So there's yeah. obviously things that happen because Mars is an action planet. You know, it starts stuff. And so much is lined up in Virgo. It's going to be cold, cold <laughs> yeah, true. aspects going on there. Yeah, that's right. Well, another major Mars transit, a trigger, is going to be, I think it's around December 20th of 2020, Mm -hmm. um, when Mars...
Mars is going to, I believe, be forming a square to the Saturn-Pluto degrees that occurred in, occur in January. Okay. And I think that's another point to watch because that's essentially the same day as Saturn-Jupiter conjunct in zero degrees of Aquarius. Wow. Okay. And the winter solstice. There's a lot happening right around the winter solstice in yeah. 2020. That's interesting. December 20th, 2020. That's a lot of 20s. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So anyway, okay, listen, we got to take another break really quick, really quickly. And when we get back, I'd like to talk to you about the article you have written for Mountain Astrologer on Trump and his transits. So that would be cool. So anyway, we're going to be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Mr. Matt Shea and Matt Shea Books. Matt is a storyteller. His choice of subjects have to do with those who are considered just to be a bit different. You know the ones, the ones that are usually outcast or misplaced as a result of being overlooked and misunderstood. Their their moment arrives when they are called upon to reveal a real character through some selfless act, thus ending up being acknowledged and then contributing to society. So when all is said and done, he wants the reader to be uplifted by the deeper message. He will write stories for the rest of his life with the hope that he can create happiness, bring encouragement, and ultimately inspire others. And now he's published a new book called The Best Money Can Buy. It is now available on Amazon.com. And for more information on Matt and his books, contact Matt Shea at mattsheabooks.com or email him at workinmat7, W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7, at AOL.com. And now is a live read from Miss Susan Bergstrom from the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement, largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means we will need affordable supplemental coverage to take care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help you get the best coverage for you. With her, the process is really easy, and in the end, she'll probably save you money too. So, And now, so you can attend a free workshop where you can learn all about Medicare. Her next seminar is September 12th at the Lacey Library at 500 College Street Southeast at 5 p.m. So to schedule an appointment or RSVP for one of her workshops, Call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer. We also have Doug Johnston on here, who is my co-host. As always. (laughs) Anyway, and we also have our guest, Mr. Ray Grassi, who's been talking to us today about Saturn and Pluto and all sorts of other... There's a fly in my face. Excuse me. I had to move that. Anyway, 
I just get so easy. I thought you were just trying to wave at me. <laughs> yeah, no. <sighs> anyway, Ray, welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I was distracted. Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about Trump and his transits coming up, which are kind of interesting, to say the least. Well, you know, it's uh, Trump's chart. He's kind of in the crosshairs of this Saturn-Pluto. And, um, you know, he's he's connected to the United States chart in the sense that we have a cancer chart in the U.S. Right. And he has his Saturn uh, Venus in Cancer at, I believe, if I can see this here, the degrees are 23. Saturn 23 and his Venus at 25. And right. the Saturn-Pluto conjunction is going to be exact at 22 degrees in January, mm-hmm. which means of Capricorn, opposing that point, which means... His Venus Saturn is in the crosshairs, which is it's not all bad, but it is very difficult. And I'm going to keep this strictly nonpartisan okay. because uh, it's just about if, if someone came in off the street and talked to me about what's coming up, I would say to them that this is kind of a you're riding the rapids, as it were, because the Saturn Venus has a lot to do with his popularity. It has a lot to do with his money. It also ties in because he's the president with the U.S. economy, I think. Yes. And so the Saturn-Pluto hitting that, I think, shows a very rough energy in terms of, well, any time Saturn hits, let's say, squares or opposes someone's Venus, even aside from Pluto, even aside from Capricorn being involved, it tends to be a lonely energy. It tends to be uh, someone dealing with issues of rejection or feeling mm-hmm. unlovable, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to really affect his his mindset in terms of feeling like he's coming under attack, persecuted. The Pluto-Venus is also that sense of betrayal, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I think he just went, what, in the last 24 hours, that one uh, lady on the uh, team had to resign yeah, because yeah. he had said something behind his back, I guess. Yes. And uh, so there is, it's, it's a very rough energy. It doesn't tell us for sure whether he's going to get reelected or not. That's a whole different subject. Mm-hmm. But I think that uh, he's also going to get a sneak preview of this energy in, in September. And I would look, well, you could look at the way these transits have been unfolding. For for example, in um, uh, July 6th, the Saturn exactly squared his Jupiter, and that was the date that, um, well, that was the week that some Supreme Court decision uh, came down that wasn't to his favor, I think, about the census. And then that was the same date that mm-hmm. uh, Jeffrey Epstein was... Uh, uh, arrested, and now he's coming up to late September. I would look particularly to, let's say, between the 15th and the 20th, and then uh, the first maybe five days of October. I think that it could be some major disappointment. It could be something about um, him coming under attack. I mean, he's always coming under attack, of course. I just mean in terms of something more serious or painful for him. It could be some sense of rejection or some sense of judicial you know, uh, decision against him, whatever it is, that will be, I think, a shot across the bow of what's going to happen, especially in January and February and March. Mm-hmm. All next year, he's being, he's being slammed by the Saturn-Pluto because that Saturn-Pluto, it's going back and forth over uh, kind of sucker-punching his Venus-Saturn in his birth chart. Yeah. So he's he's... He's in for a rough time, and I think it's a somewhat depressing time. And, um, you know, offhand, those are the first things, the first comments I would make about it. Right. 
you know, I was thinking about, it seems like his Saturn and Pluto, I don't want to get into a value judgment here, but it has to do with how he really, you know, he says he really appreciates himself, but underneath there's some real insecurity there, you know, and so I would think that the Saturn Pluto thing could bring that right up out of the out of the drink, as it were. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very true, and I think Saturn Venus aspects when you have Saturn uh, conjunct, especially, but it's also true for Saturn square or opposed. Now, first of all, like I pointed out in the article from Mountain Astrologer, you see that in the charts of very wealthy people very often, like uh, Bill Gates has Saturn conjuncting Venus, Jeff Bezos and okay. his wife, uh, ex-wife Mackenzie, right. have Saturn conjunct Venus, uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had the opposition, uh, Oprah Winfrey has the square. So, but it also does tend to show some issues with self-esteem, with, you know, am I loved, you know, uh, right. am yeah. I popular? And so when that gets hit, I think it, it hits very, it cuts very close to the bone in terms of right. that very primal sense right. of, you know, am I, am I loved, am I popular, am I rich enough, that sort of thing. Right. I think he's going to be, I think he's already experiencing that. I think so, too. You know, I think just thinking about somebody that I wrote in my last book, Mr. John Jacob Astor, <clears throat> who died on the Titanic, and um, he had a Saturn-Venus square in his chart. It was interesting because his wife... Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, he did. Yeah. And he also had a Saturn... His wife had a Saturn-Venus square, and they were exactly 29 years apart in age. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? We always find this kind of stuff. It's kind of cool. But, That's another name to add to my list. I appreciate yes, that. Yes, yeah, you should look him up. And, you know, of course, when he died, his son was at 21 cancer, and that's exactly where Neptune was when he died. So You know, he, John B. Rockefeller Jr. also had a Saturn-Venus conjunction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, sort of, it sort of solidifies the Venusian principle, which Venus, in this case, has to do with financial worth and right. self-value. But, you know, it, it seems to, to give credence to it, gives it solidity, you know, in a person's life. Yeah, it's a life. crystallizing force. Yes, exactly. So um, it, it's just very interesting to see um, it, the history of people. I mean, like, for instance, Donald Trump uh, with a Saturn-Venus, and his wife has a Saturn-Venus or Saturn-Sun conjunction in Taurus. So, I mean, it, it kind of keeps repeating itself in his life. You know, those people that have that same thing in their chart will be looking for that in the reflection of the mirror. Venus is also what someone loves. Yes. And so let's say Venus conjunct Neptune, there's a love of the ethereal, the love of, you know, the spiritual, etc. Sat- uh, Venus Saturn tends to be, and I don't mean this as a value judgment, it tends to be a love of tangible things, of material uh, materiality. Yes. Now that can be good, like you have in the chart of an artist or sculptor. Yes. That can be bad in terms of someone that you know hoards money, etc. Yes. Uh, but you, that's one of the things I think that you see very often in these people, where why does someone spend their whole life trying to amass wealth versus someone that tries to amass art? Or, right. Right. You know, well, uh, you know, you have a feeling it's like the. The um the the vessel isn't full and will never get full by doing that. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the sad part about it. But I'm not trying to pronounce value judgment on Trump either. It's just the observation that um that his acting out or whatever he is doing is largely because of that. Saturn Venus is tough, you know. It's in the house of being loved, <laughs> you know. So that's tough, you know. It's tough stuff. 
you know, and so, yeah, and with that Saturn and Pluto coming up to that, that's really going to test him this next year. It really is. I really think so. You're right. And just to balance it out, you know, I, I have known some people. I did a chart for a really spiritual individual once. He was um, the head of a, a monastic group, mm-hmm. uh, a Buddhist monastic group, and he had Saturn Venus in his chart, a close conjunction. It was in Libra. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it can be, I mean, it does tend to show, I think, some difficulties with social interactions, or it can mm-hmm. be someone that willfully chooses to withdraw from the world. It, can, it tends to be extremist at one, one side or the other. Right. But Saturn-Venus in, in and of itself isn't inherently good or bad. It, mm-hmm. It's, again, what you do with it. Yeah, exactly. And you know what the socioeconomic um, conditions were and your parental conditions and your family concerns, that's all going to determine how that Saturn-Venus plays out. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. So, and the fact that it's in cancer, that. in the fifth house, no less, according to Placidus anyway, that does bring the children and the family into it. And isn't it interesting that this woman that resigned yesterday, uh, I forget her name, but mm-hmm. she resigned supposedly because she said something that was, they reflected poorly on Trump's kids. Yes, I remember hearing that. Yeah. So there's the 11th, 5th house stuff going on. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say, Doug? You said something, you were saying well, something. Well, you know, I've got my Venus sitting at 27, or 27 degrees Cancer. Yeah. But I've got Saturn stationary trying to that. Uh-huh. That's a whole, well, well. And I'm an artist. Yes, he is. <laughs> he would be. Yeah. And, oh. and that makes sense. That Saturn, no, is, as well. that that Saturn's important because it's wanting to make your visions of what's in your head bring them out here in the physical world. Right. And Ray, I hear that your birthday is day before mine. Yes. Oh. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, Eileen, you're talking to two Gemini. I know, and you're talking to a Pisces. There's six of us oh. here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a double Gemini. So. Yeah, he's okay, eight. <laughs> oh, my God, eight. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of people on this show today. <laughs> yes. And also, our guy here, who our producer, is also a Gemini. So that makes it 10. <laughs> yeah, we just jump the numbers. <laughs> yeah, we do. So, anyway, we got to take a break really quick and we're going to come back and finish up with Mr. Ray Grassy. This is Eileen Grimes with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. <laughs> And this is a live read for Ms. Samantha Blodell, Reiki and Aura Reading Specialist. She also bakes those wonderful Beulah May cake bakers. Which we're not you're gonna... just waiting to see. I know. And, and we won't be seeing her for a while on, on for ads this anymore. So we have to buy, bid goodbye to the Beulah May cake. Yeah, I have to stop up there. That's all right. I'll have to go up there and do that. You and I have to pounce on her to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she is a practitioner and she does take appointments. And she also does past live readings, energy healings, aura readings, home office clearing, the whole business. And she also teaches Reiki classes. So if you want some more information or you want to register for classes or workshops, go to meetup.com. Then go to the Aura Lady Reiki and Aura Intuitive Meetup page. Contact Samantha at 206-403-0283 or at her website at www.soulsuffer.com. 
bored with the other stations, hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. We have Mr. Ray Grassy with us today. We've been talking about just about everything Saturn and Pluto, also about Mr. Trump's chart and how that's going to affect him. So is there, what else would you like to, oh, let's talk a little bit about the article that you have written for Mountain Astrologer magazine. When is that going to come out? Well, the thing is, it is uh, the, the one on Trump is mm-hmm. not in the uh, print version. It's online. If you did a search on Google, type in my name, uh, Ray Grassi, with, uh, Donald, and Donald Trump. Okay. Uh, you'll come up with it. It's, I think, the title of the article. Let me see here if I've got it. It's Donald Trump and, um, oops, Donald Trump and the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. It should come up. Okay. And there, it's it's been out now for, I think, a month or two, and I okay. go into his natal chart, and I go into some of the transits and the timing of these transits and okay. specific dates that I think we need to watch for him next year. Right, exactly. Okay, that's great. Um, let's see. You know, and let's let's talk a little bit more about stationary planets, my favorite right. topic. <laughs> anyway, um have you have you been doing research lately on the people who happen to have these planets? It's really astounding to me how many people. Actually, I shouldn't say that. And not that many people have stationary planets. But then when you do hear of, like, for instance, Valerie Harper, I just want to acknowledge her. She died yesterday. She had three stationary planets in her chart. She had Uranus, Saturn, and something else. I think Mars. Was Didn't also. we have someone last week that had four? Yeah. So it was, I think, Valerie Bertinelli or something like that. I can't remember. You know, so when you have that many, I mean, how do you how do you plan out life? That'd be really hard. Well, you know, Bernie Bernie Sanders, uh, who was born on the same day as the siege of Leningrad or Stalingrad, one of the two, uh, he had three stationary planets, Mars, Uranus, and Saturn, I believe. Right. And uh, Trump was born under, well, you could say three station points of Jupiter, Neptune, and Chiron, if you want to include Chiron. Right. But there's a lot of energy in those charts, uh, of, of any charts where you have station points, but especially, I think, when you've got, you know, two or three. Right. Uh, it, it just, it's a branding iron effect. It turns, It tends to make those energies that much more... Yeah. powerful in the person's life again for better or worse i mean mm-hmm. jupiter neptune in trump's case you know you could you could see the jupiter in terms of the expansive vision or you could see it in the exaggeration and the you know overextending himself and that sort of thing depending mm-hmm. on your your partisan affiliation yes exactly um you know and i always thought well that makes sense it would be those two and of course both those are in his second house so um that's definitely I would say that's a preoccupation with money, but it's, you know, it's more than that. You know, it's kind of at the core center of his existence, so to speak. So anyway, so who else have you, um, Doug, have you found anybody interesting that you, that you found that well, has a stationary planet? We had that with, um, oh, Betty White. Betty stationary White. Stationary in the third. Saturn stationary in the third. Yeah. Trying her Mercury. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah. And every time she went through a Saturn return, she became that much bigger. Yes, she did. She really I did. was born under a Saturn return as well, but the Saturn and a Mars. Saturn, Saturn, Saturn station? Saturn station? Saturn station, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Fun. 
<laughs> well, that's where mine you is, You sound too. like you have Saturn station in What's your chart? rising? <laughs> uh, Virgo rising. Ah. But don't hold it against me. Uh, we won't. We won't. No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so, and of course, both Doug has Saturn station, I have Uranus station in my chart. So we all have it here. I wonder if Mike has one. Well, he'll is yours tell us. trying to your Mercury as well? Yeah. Oh, Okay, because that's what I've yeah. got, too. So Mercury's also stationed in your chart? No, no, no. but it's uh, other Saturn, Saturn stations trying okay, my Mercury so, okay. and my Venus. Okay, so yeah, so it's going to have an effect. Oh, no wonder you're so, you dig into everything. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense to me. But, I mean, I was thinking about somebody like Amy Winehouse, who had Venus and Neptune stationary in right. her chart. Right, yeah, and that's a perfect example of it. It's just a crystal clear example, and also Whitney Houston, who has Jupiter stationary in her chart. And well, I mean, we, it's it's another one, like you've got Shaka Khan, the singer, was born under a double station of Venus and Uranus. And, oh, wow. Uh, Michelangelo was born uh, exactly on a Venus station point, and oh, Saturn perfect. was pretty close to being stationed. And there, that's an interesting one, because I mentioned before, like Venus-Saturn aspects, whether they're conjunctions by uh, by regular aspect or by station. Right. You know, there is that love of materiality, which could be a sculptor. You know, he had right. that sense of form. Oh, yeah, the physical. Of, yeah, the you art. Know, you look art, at the Pieta, for example, or uh, the yes. David. It's extraordinary what he what he did, and that's classic Venus-Saturn. Yes, it is. Yes, it would be. Yeah, bringing the physical into the, bringing into the spiritual into the physical. And his Venus-Saturn was a conjunct or a square or what was it? I don't, well, the, it's just that I don't know what the aspects were between them and the natal chart. I don't have it in front of me, but both of those planets were stationed when he was okay. yeah. uh, when he was born. Though the Saturn was a little bit further away than the Venus. Okay, well, that makes total sense for him. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, the work that he created was extraordinary. So, yeah, it's just um, it's just really phenomenal. I, I mean, I was thinking about. Um, one of the reasons I started on this book of stationary plants because of somebody that I met about 25 years ago who was transgender. And um, he was a triple Libra, which was really interesting. So he was going from a man to a woman, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. But, you know, I, I thought, you know, this alone isn't enough to indicate why he's taking, he's making such a radical change from going from a man who has a family and a wife to a woman. You know, and um, and he was going after the the change of sex, the, the sex change operation, but I'm not sure if he could do it because he had heart problems. So that may have been a problem. It was the last time I saw him, anyway. But um, I checked his chart later on, and I said I got to check to see if there's something else there. And of course, naturally, it would be Venus stationary in Sagittarius. Mm. Yeah, so that makes perfect sense to me that his Venus area of his life was very focalized on this lifetime, extremely focalized on. And I believe that uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Uh, oh, was, yes. I think that was a Mars. I'm not sure. I, I, I'd have to look that oh, up. Oh, I'm going to have to look him very up. Interesting, there's very interesting patterns sometimes. In yeah, very interesting. Charts. That's awesome. Anyway, so listen, Ray, how do we get a hold of you in case we want to get a hold of you? I have a website, uh, raygrossi.com. Okay. And uh, that's probably the easiest way that has my contact info. Okay, that's and, great. Uh, and I write pretty much for most issues of Mountain Astrologer magazine, which um, you know, the website for that is mountainastrologer.com. Yeah, that's fabulous. Very and I have a bunch of books out. Yes, he's very uh, talented. 
My last one was Urban Mystic. The one before that was An Infinity of Gods. Those are yes. profiles, more or less, of the mystics that I studied with. We're going to have to have you on again to have you talk about that stuff. That will be interesting. Sure. Okay. So, any rate, thank you, Ray, for being on our show today. We had a great time. No, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so that was good, wasn't it? Oh, he's delightful. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I do too. I really do. So, okay, now we have our announcements for this week. And, of course, our After Dark readings, which is what I'm doing on Wednesday nights, is um, at 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Burr's Restaurant. And the address is 6151 Stillicum Boulevard in Lakewood, Washington. And for uh, 20 minutes, you can get a 10, 10 minutes, you can get $20. And then for 20 minutes, it's $40. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also, if you happen to come this Wednesday, and um, Matt will be there probably too, my friend Matt Shea, who's on our show quite a bit. And he's also going to present you a book, and I will give you a free reading. So if you're the first person in the door who wants a reading, that's what you're going to get. Okay. So, anyway, next we have the Fall Emerald Spiral Expo at, on September 28, 2019. And it is from 9 to 5 p.m. Kent Commons, 525 4th Avenue North in Kent, Washington. It's a Kitty Carter Corner from Shaware Center. It's the largest metaphysical event in Western Washington with vendors and readers and the whole nine yards. It's join us for the Fall Emerald Spiral event, the preeminent New Age Fair in the Northwest, featuring demonstrations, free lectures, and much, much more from intuitive arts, crystals, arts, and products. Bring your friends, family, and kindred spirits. Booths are still available. You can contact Astara Brisky at 425-87, excuse me, 445-425-445, too many fours, 425 425- Four four five eight seven eight nine for more information. Okay, so how do we get a hold of you, Doug? Uh, the best way is to call or text two zero six seven six nine four nine two four. Okay, great. Thank you. You can get a hold of me at eileengrimes.com or the jupiterrisingshow.com. And you can yes, anyway, you can be said that Ray can be reached at raygrassy g r a s s e dot com. Okay, next week we have on Victoria, excuse me, not Victoria, Virginia Bell. I have Victoria on here. I don't know why I did that. And Virginia Bell has written a fabulous book called Midlife is Not a Crisis. And she's going to be on probably to talk a little bit about her book. She's been on before, but we're going to have her on again because she's lovely. Anyway, she's going to be on. And then the following week, we're bringing back Ms. Wanda Buckner. It's been a while since she's been here. So she's going to be on that day. And then the following week will be Jackie Slevin. And she's going to be on again. She's going to be talking about, I believe, Yvette Vickers, who's another person that we want to look at astrologically. Okay, so that's it for me. Thank you, Doug. It's been fun game. Thank you very much. And we'll see you all next week right here on the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.